podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nina Kavza show. She's not happy. She's deflated. She's physically and mentally exhausted. What on earth is going on? I'm so tired. Um, this show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield, the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs, where you get a massive 25% off using the coupon code AIVPN. That's why right, a massive 25% off using the AI. Um, promo code AIVPN. Um, there's some good news there. On Liberty Shields, you, we offer free VPN apps for iOS, Android, Amazon Fire Stick, Mac and Windows. Right. Now that's done. Oh my God. That record has gone. We can't score goals. I do not know how to even celebrate a goal anymore. We lost 1-0 to Burnley at home. What on earth? And joining me on this show, oh my God, to share the grief and, you know, we're going to vent some anger and frustration. I'm, de- I'm delighted to be joined by two incredible guests. So uh, let me introduce them to you. Um, I hope they're, you know, they're calm. But first up, I have Harinda Singh. Harinda, welcome to the show. Hello. You sound as deflated as I am. That's not good. Um... And joining Harinda, I am delighted to have back my usual sidekick now. It's Dave Horrocks. Welcome back. Hey there, Nina. See, things are getting better. You got my name right. Happy days. I, happy days. Someone <laughs> fucking turned up to work. Somebody turned up. It's been long enough. Right, guys, we'll talk about the game and we'll talk about everything and, you know, just share your concerns. I, I just think we're just a little bit everywhere at the moment, but I do have a caller. There's lots of people who are joining us live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Discord. We really appreciate it. I'm going to go to our first caller. I've not spoke to him in a while, but um, he's he's going to have some, you know, he's going to have some opinions on this, and I'm really intrigued to hear them. So um, it's Hakeem. Hakeem, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Nina. Oh, God, please tell me something great. You know, just, I don't know. Somebody just make me feel better. All right. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm peppy enough to to sprinkle in any joy in, um, after this performance or the run-up performances that we've had. But I just wanted to bring us back to a, a level, you know, bring us back to a an honest medium where we can take a look at the team and and consider that, Maybe this team hasn't been built to be title challengers, but we've overperformed in the last three years. Wonderfully so. We won the Champions League. We've won the league. You know, we got to another Champions League final. And it's been amazing. But it, I think it's time for us to temper expectations so we can, you know, uh, we, can, we can help our own mental health. You know, and rather than thinking, hey, every season we're going to win the league, let's just... Temper those expectations and say, all right, this is a team built for top four. We're in a poor run right now. Hopefully, we'll be better. Hakeem, you, yeah, Hakeem, 
that that is a really good point and i'm going to come to my panel in a minute but i i know you watch a lot of bundesliga and when jürgen klopp first came to liverpool i mean like naturally i was really excited um i, I loved him i loved him at dortmund but like towards the end like i did say like a lot of the players will be kind of like broken and you know cuz cuz he demands so much from them in in a physical sense and I'm sat here and I'm looking at all the injuries. I'm looking at all the exhaustion and there looks like a lot of mental fatigue. And I want to get your thoughts on this because I know you're really insightful and I know you'll have something to say about this. But, and, you know, people are saying, oh, it's because the fans aren't there. And, it, you know, and I've been saying it, it's a domino effect of Virgil van Dijk injury. So, you know, it's like, you know, square pegs in round holes. But I, I mean, and is it due to COVID, you know, the lack of fans? You know, is it people just playing football in very, really unforeseen circumstances? I mean, there's a lot of things that we need to consider as well in this season, but Liverpool have been bad from, I'd say from this time last year, you know, like I think Gags and I had a conversation that we've been bad, you know, from last January and then the Watford game happened and then obviously we had that big break and when we came back, it was a good job that we'd already won the league because we didn't look really good. Do you think, what do you think it is? Do you think it it could be potentially that our players are slowly breaking and becoming quite exhausted and we need good reinforcements off the bench. And, you know, we need to become like a bit of like, I don't know, like a force that Man City have in that regard. Or do you think it is because of the circumstances in which we're playing football in? Well, I don't want to come in as the the fence sitter, you know, but I think everything that you've you've noted definitely has had an effect. It's clear that we're a team that thrives off, thrives off of the fans, you know, excitement and the passion and stuff like that. Some would say we're a passion merchant team. Not completely, of course, but it does have a factor in the way we play, especially when it comes to the pressing, you know, the high intensity. Again, everyone has to deal with COVID now. So, of course, the players are human beings, so we can't expect them to be robots that are going to perform at a certain level just because we want them to. It's not a video game, right? So everything you said definitely has impacted the way we've played and the way the team has played uh, for for quite a while now. But I do agree with, with what you said, mostly about our form has dipped a bit. Well, not a bit. It's dipped since last year, as you, as you mentioned. And there were shouts uh, around the Southampton game. And I think it was the Southampton game, then the Watford game last season, where, where, we, where we were dipping down, and then we finally lost that match, and then the performances fell off a cliff. So... It's been coming, and I can see the parallels between how the team is performing now and how Klopp's Dortmund team performed towards the end of his, his reign there, right? It's not completely the same, of course, but it's fair to say that the players have been ran into the ground because we always say availability, well, Cy Brunder says availability is the best ability, right? Which is a, which is a, it's an admirable point to make. However, it's incumbent on the coach to rotate his squad so he can protect them in the long term, right? Mm. When players have been playing at the, top, at the top level for three years, as I said, we made it to a Champions League final, we've won the Champions League, and then we've won the league. So those three years are at the utmost, utmost you know, level of performance, and it, was, it came with very little rotation. Where's the place that we rotated the most in the midfield? We're trying to make the midfield more creative, with some additions and it's working a little bit, but then now our our game is breaking down in the attacking areas because we've played the front three for four years straight now, 
So, of course, they're going to be tired. So, yes, the team needed a bit more reinforcements other than Jota. I mean, it's unfortunate. Again, as I said, the circumstances, you can use that, an, use that as an excuse and say, hey, we, bought, we brought in a fourth attacker, but he got injured, which is fair, understandable. But we kept people that we know we are never going to play. We brought, in, we brought in another player who seems to have done well in one game and then must have ran over Klopp's dog or something because he's not going to get it. He, didn't, he doesn't get a chance anymore. Mm. So it, it does fall on Klopp in terms of he's ran the team into the ground. We loved it, and we praised him for it. But we also have to criticize him for it because now it's not working for him. Yeah, um, it certainly isn't. Well, Hakeem, thank you so much for your call. I'm going to come to my panel now with you know, um, with your thoughts and and um, thank you so much for calling and thank you for sharing your insight into that. Thanks. Right, um, no problem, Hakeem. Um, enjoy, um, enjoy the rest of your day. I'll try to. Um, I'm going to come to um, Harinda on this. Harinda, um, you know, there's. I know you've been watching Liverpool for a very long time and we support them through the good and we support them through the bad. And, you know, today was a really, really, like, disappointing result, um, losing that record after four years. You know, it, there's a lot and, you know, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of frustration, we're not scoring goals. Um, you know, is, you know, the, the points that Hakeem has made there, and we'll talk about the game in a minute, but, you know, the points that Hakeem has made there, and I want to get your thoughts on this, I mean, is it a case of like we've been truly, truly spoiled from like just us being absolutely phenomenal? We used to boast about having the best attackers, and now when you know things are going a little sideways, we're, we're you know um, it's almost like a case of we've been spoiled. And when we face a little bit of a hardship with this football team, it it be, it becomes like a big issue for us. Um, I think hardship and the team becomes a big issue for anybody, right? Mm. It doesn't matter which team you support. If mm. your team's been flying and then all of a sudden it looks like the wind's been taken out of their sails, then everyone's going to feel that. It doesn't matter whether you're Man United, Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal, any of them. Yeah, if your team performs shit, you're going to feel it, full stop. your team performs consistently shit, you're going to feel that one too. In regards to expectations and team built for winning leagues and whatnot, um. I can't agree with you, Hakeem, on that, Hakeem, sorry, on that one, because I think Liverpool do have a team that can fight consistency for titles. It doesn't have a squad that can fight consistency for titles. Consistency so, for titles, So you sorry. think the, the starting 11 is good enough, but then when they get run into the ground or they get injured, then there isn't the right sort of personnel off the bench to make the difference? It's not, I, I, don't, I don't think it's the personnel off the bench per se. It's it's trust. For some odd reason, the one thing that I'm seeing between these guys is that they don't trust each other to make the moves, so to speak. Like today, what I find mm. most frustrating. Is... Can I just come in? Hakeem's just come into the chat. Then he goes, um, "My bad. Um, I, I meant to say the squad, not the team." Okay. Yes, squad is definitely not. Uh, but yeah, there's a reason for that also. So way back when, when Klopp signed for Liverpool, I wrote the Anfield Index about the appliance of science, yeah, in regards to situational leadership and the kind of management style a person has. And Klopp was, from a disparate, was worked on domination as well as influence. 
Yeah, he sat between the two of them. And the problem that that arises with dominance and influence is that the influence will take you so far and then the dominance will creep in. And when, mm. you're, do when you're in a dominant mode, you, you know, you'll scorch the earth almost at certain times because you're so hell-bent on your vision. And when you're in an influence mode, you're going to be in a position where, hey, you know, you can put your arm around the guy, everything will be okay, and everyone will be really happy and really chipper. Neither of them are working right now. So something is not right. It, in the situational leadership aspect, it's, you know, who is uh, incumbent to be a leader, who needs to be carried, who needs to just be encouraged to do something, who thinks unconsciously they're brilliant and consciously therefore thinks that doesn't need to do it don't they don't need to do very much to prove that they're brilliant that happens in our team also you see the number of balls that may be two yards away from somebody and who moves for it no one especially in the attacking third especially be it mo be it mané be it um firmino you saw it today ball goes back towards bobby firmino it's two yards in front of him just move two yards forward That's all you had to move was two yards. No, fuck it. Burnley player gets it. Off they go. How many times have you seen that happen in a match with other players also, where the pass is not completely to their feet? And I think I made this point on um, the live shows before, where if the ball is not completely to their feet, you know, it's a little bit of further away, just a little bit, just move. Why does it hurt you to move? I haven't understood this. You know, there's something that's... Uh, there is a funk within the squad. I don't think anybody can deny it. You'd be a madman if you tried to say, yes, oh, you know, everything's going to be okay. Can't. We could have said that uh, in a, you know, post the Southampton match. Yeah, after West Brom. said, yeah, it's going to be okay. But it hasn't been okay. Yes, it hasn't so. been okay but we can also see the same things happening again and again how many overlaps did you see today off the top of your head shaking my head I remember them right mm. how many can you remember from the seasons before too many too many quick precision Overlapping, there was like a tele yeah. tele yeah. there was like a there was like a telepathic understanding between the players where they all knew where they were on the pitch, especially the front three. It just was so cohesive, and we were a unit. I don't know why that unit's fucked off and disappeared and gone down. Well, actually, no, I can't. I, you can you can make the sensible guess in regards to lack of personnel behind the attacking units, so they don't have as much trust as what's going to happen if the ball gets behind them. Um. But if we continually play that way, we're going to keep on doing the same shit again and again. Mm. We, can't, we can't cross to save our lives. We can't. And we're then doing, we're crossing against Burnley when Nick Pope's going to fucking catch him all the time. Yeah, I don't and understand. Then the you just, yeah, you just have to go, come on, guys. Like, why, mm. why are we doing this? Are we making the expectation that they're going to, you know, he's going to flap at it or it's going to be headed down and there's going to be a ricochet and it's going to go to the right person at the right time to bury it? I don't mm. know. But yeah, we, do that with every, we seem to be doing this with every team. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's massively deeply frustrating. And Dave, I'm going to come to you. You know, you've you've pretty much heard the thoughts. I mean, I think it's now becoming a bigger thing now. I want to get your thoughts on what Hakim has said, what Harinda said. I mean, w w what do you think of like what's going on? And you know, like 
I just want to hear your thoughts because like it was really frustrating. I think Harinda's right. We were doing the thing that does not work against such a big team like Burnley. We're doing it again and again and again, knowing that we are not going to, you know, capitalise on this by all the crossing and stuff. You know, we're not the tallest. It's crazy, isn't it, that we keep throwing these crosses in and we've got like, you know, Shakiri and Tiago in midfield. It's just bonkers. For me, though, I hear what people are saying. There's an old problem-solving principle, which is called Occam's Razor. And that is basically, the simplest answer is usually the right one. And for me, we're searching for these complex reasons. And I completely agree. The team looks, it actually reminds me of the old Arsenal, you know, when they, they sort of went off the boil and were trying to pass the ball into the net. Yes. For me, though... This is a is two things, right? We went into the season with three centre-backs, two of which have had historical kind of injury problems. We've been, you know, deprived of Van Dijk and Gomez now for quite a while and likely for the rest of the season. That means we have to deprive our midfield of Fabinho. So we have to keep dragging him back. And whenever Matip's free you know, uh, uh, sorry, available, we'll pick him. But, you know, that that's like, you know, what, two every six games or, or whatever it is. I was quite annoyed, to be quite honest. I, I'm not usually annoyed at the team selections these days, but I, I was annoyed that he didn't just play Nat Phillips at the back and let's see Fabinho back in the midfield. Let's control that midfield. Fabinho and Thiago plus one other and let's start really mm. driving from that midfield. I don't know whether it's a stubbornness. I don't know whether it's a cash problem. We don't need to buy one of the world's best centre-backs. We just need fucking centre-backs that we can actually put there and we can let our other players play in their normal positions and let the team get its rhythm back by playing together. This stubbornness of just wanting to work with what you've got is just depriving that midfield. And, and so everyone just looks out of sync. And so everyone's second guessing what's happening now. There was, mm. a, there was a passage of play in the second half where we had a really good, you know, attacking threat. And then it, it seemed to go, we seemed to pass it from here to here. Who wants a shot? No, not me. You know, and we'll make a short pass and then not find an angle. And no one wanted it. For me, not buying a centre-back or even getting a lone centre-back in so we can actually start playing people in their preferred positions is borderline criminal. And that is causing a ripple effect throughout the whole team. I think the second thing I want to say, I, I think it was the Crystal Palace game where I said after match, I, I don't know why Klopp is occupying his mind space with picking fights with Chris Wilder. It was after winning 7-0 or something, he's going on about, well, why don't you speak to Chris Wilder, you know, about the five subs thing? He's clearly agitated and his mind is occupied elsewhere on stupid shit that is not to do with the team that's playing on the pitch. And I think you're just seeing him, since then, you're just seeing him more and more agitated with everything. I mean, Sean Dyche, he's a fucking Northern Darts player. Why are you picking fights with him in the tunnel after, you know, at half time? Klopp's just distracted at the minute. So I, I don't accept that this team has got a, 
you know, a short lifespan. I, I think there is enough quality in there, but just it all comes from the back and having that confidence in how you're building, you know, when you're in possession and building from the back, you know, you, you need the best players. You need the right people doing the right things. And and at the minute, I just feel, you know, like I say, the, the centre-back situation now, it feels like Groundhog Day because it feels like we're going on about this all the time. Um, and I, I bore myself, I, uh, you know, mm. of hearing myself talk about it. But that's what it is. We're in January and, and there's no sign of getting anyone in. And we hear this this narrative that there's no value in January. And, and yet, historically, I just don't see that. So, yeah, for me, it, it, it's simple. It all comes from the back there. But in addition to that, with, with Klopp's mind being occupied on stupid shit that is not just to do with the team, I thought tonight's team selection was just a, a massive roll of the dice. I mean, playing Oxlade-Chamberlain and Origi up front, where, where the fuck did that come from? I'll be honest with you, I'm living... I'm living... fight with Dyche. I'm all for that. I'm ready what? for it. Klopp wanting to throw down against Sean Dyche would be fucking brilliant. If, if that's not an inside Anfield, inside Anfield is missing out on millions of people watching it on YouTube and making the money from that video. Why else would you watch inside Anfield this time around? You wouldn't watch it for what happened on the fucking pitch. Fuck that shit. You want to know what happened no. in the tunnel? 100%. You know what? Oh, half-time tunnel. That's all they need to show? You know what we've, we've lost, though? We've lost that kind of cocky arrogance. You know why are we why are we interested in getting in, involved in stupid shit like that off off the pitch? This time, you know, in the, over the last couple of years, you know, we go in at nil nil. That's all right. You know, we'll get that opening. Just keep doing what you're doing, and the goal will come. And, and we've lost that now. Just with you know, you, you know what's really intriguing for me. I want to get your thoughts on this. Right, like you said, you just spoke about the cocky edge that Liverpool had. And this is the first time that this set of players have had a wobbler, right? An actual wobbler where people are actually questioning them. They're probably questioning themselves in terms of, hang on a minute, we're meant to be the most deadliest attack and we're, we've not scored in four games. And this is now, we, we've called the mentality monsters. And, you know, it's, it's easy to be a mentality monster when you're like cruising and coasting through a league. And, you know, you, you're, you're practically just winning games and, you know, everything's, you know, you, you know, you've got everything on your side. You've not got the injuries. You don't have to deal with all that. And this is the first time ever where everything is against you, right? So you, you, your best, your best player gets taken out for a whole season. There's a ripple domino effect in terms of all your team kind of being pushed around, like your best midfielder is going into centre back and he's having to play centre back. So, you know, we're talking about the domino effect. Then you're dealing with the fact that you're you're playing through a pandemic. Um, you know, things are really, really unpredictable. Also, we had that whole fixture congestion thing as well when the Champions League was on as well, you know, where we, you know, it was like a game, 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 game. And it was really, really tiring, mentally exhausting as well. And I'm not saying it's an excuse, but also now, like, you, Liverpool are not in are not in the good graces of the officials. You know, uh, so you know the refs ain't going to give you anything, and it is literally an uphill battle that you've got, and you're not winning games. And this is the first time ever they've been put into this situation, 
And this is now where we'll find out what exactly are they made out of. They've got the quality and they've got the goods, but it's about them being resourceful. And I've got a question here from Brett, actually, and I want to come to Harinda on this one. Nina, could a big part of our lack of success this season come down to man- the manager, um, come down to managers have figured out Klopp's tactics and his stubborn refusal to change things up during the match when it's clearly not working? I mean, for me, one of the things that we were really, really good at, Harinda, and we've not been doing was we used to play with pace and tenacity. And we don't play like that anymore. And we used to make teams tired. We're too ponderous, right? It's the one mm-hmm. duck bollocks that I go on about. Yes. Yes, I remember you on Desi. No, 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 you have the ball. You have the ball. You have the ball. I can't remember what season it was, but we are literally living that season right now. 16, 17, 17, 18, both of them. It is. You get to the age, it, literally, you get through into the second half um, of the pitch, so the opposition half of the pitch, and we start waddling with the ball. We st- we have, it's like a stammer. Kind of thing. You know, that's not to say anything against people with stammers or anything like that, not in that way. But you just keep on stuttering and pausing. It's like a jittery video almost. It doesn't happen. You don't go left, you don't go right, you don't know you want to go up, you don't want to go down. What are you trying to do? What exactly are you trying to do? It's almost as if you want to see if there's if the options around you. And by the time you look at the options around you and you've assessed the situation, the other team's already assessed the situation before you have and they're surrounding you. They've taken away your space. Now what are you going to do? The game is of space, right? Let's not kid ourselves. Professional football, Premier League, it's about who wins space, who mm-hmm. manages space better. And the Vista that I used to have at Anfield when I could bloody go, it was great because I could see what we were doing with space. All learned from Anfield Index. There you go, here's a plug for you, Gregs. Um, in, in regards to changing how you watch a match. Now, when you're watching on TV and you're looking at space, you're like going, they've just starved you of all the space because you took all that time to make a decision. And that indecisiveness is killing us. We are literally choking ourselves in the middle of the pitch when the ball gets there and we don't know what to do next. So we revert to type. Waddle, waddle, waddle. Okay, pass to somebody in the back. They goes out to White. It goes out to Andy Robbo. Or it's going to go to Trent. Trent's going to go down the wing. He's going to try and beat somebody. He can't beat somebody. He'll pass it back to somebody. But there won't be an overlap. There won't be an overlap. Trent will pass it back. He'll then position himself between the two mid, two defenders that are, or three defenders that are there, hoping that the ball will somehow come back to him. It comes back to him. Great. Suddenly goes towards the corner. Kicks a half-fast fucking um, cross. And it's at somebody's head height or it's at somebody's chest height. The ones that were low and hard kind of confused Burnley for a little bit, surprised us, made us a bit happy. We got a bit excited. Maybe something could happen here. Ricochet, 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 ricochet. Nope, it's not going to happen. It's not happening. It's not happening. And everyone else gets the rub of the green. But you're going to have the rub of the green when you've got eight, nine people in the box with a Burnley shirt on. it's just frustrating and then to come to back to the question at hand have they sussed us out partially yes they have but it's not difficult to suss us out they sussed us out the season before and the season before that but we were able to overcome that because mm-hmm. we were fast thinkers and we were thinking on our feet about what to do and nimble and we moved and we were dynamic and in that dynamism that no matter what you did in regards to space we got through. It's Man City 
13, 14, as well as 12, 13. So Liverpool played Man City and got twatted at <laughs> the empty had. Kenny's first full season, remember it vividly, standing behind the goal. And it was just like every time the, the shot was taken, it came towards us. It was like a piercing bullet in the heart. Same thing happened a season later as well. After the season of 13-14, first match, first, second match of 14-15, I think it was against City, away. And they did us. And they were always going to do us because they kept on doing that same thing again and again. They would drag us around and they had uh, Yaya Torre playing for them then. And Yaya Torre would start in the middle of the 18-yard box or just outside the middle of the 18-yard box, pick the ball up, pass it. He'd run wide, someone would pass it to him. He'd run the other way past him. And they would keep on doing this from side to side. As they kept on doing it from side to side, defenders would get split, people move in. The key thing being, people moved in. How much movement do we do? We don't go in. I see us preparing for a cross. I'm thinking there's only one other person there. Who are you hoping it's going to, who are you hoping it's going to get to? Or you might have two people there. Who are you hoping it's going to get to? So yeah, they they have partially they have sussed us out, but they had us sussed anyway. It's just that this season, with the sussing out, we are not doing the same things we used to do at the speed we used to do them. So we're getting fucked over. I think that's a valid point. I think you know, um, Dave, I'll come to you. We, you know, uh, think about two seasons ago. I go, we're not very good against a low block team. We're not good against a low block team. And then we overcame that obstacle. You know, we started playing football at a quicker pace playing it on the deck, using our fullbacks, you know, um, sometimes even being absolutely deadly on set pieces. You know, there was there was diversity in how we could attack and, you know, uh, different players contributed to that. And this season, I think Harinda's right. I think we've been very, very ponderous. And I think, you know, when you're hesitant and you're slow and you're low on confidence and you look mentally and physically absolutely jaded. And they do. I don't care what anyone says. They look exhausted. I, you know what? They look, they look tired on so many levels. And you, you're looking at how they set up and they set up on their two banks of fours and, you know, they, 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 they're quite defensive. They've shut out all the space for your front men. We were resourceful and I feel like we're, we're not being sharp enough. Um, you know, Bobby Firmino is not dragging defenders into places that, you know, he's meant to. You know, Bobby Firmino was instrumental in all that. He used to like just take defenders into places they didn't want to go. You know, um, our, our, our attackers would pull the defenders out wide, take them out of position. We had that intelligence of doing things and we're not doing it. And like Harinda said, we're, it, we're, basically with the architects were on demise yeah and i do think if you think back to the start of the season we were trying to play in a slightly different way so we were compressing the play so far up the field we ended up getting caught out at the back uh quite a bit if you if you remember I remember Carragher always going on about a calculated risk seemed to be the word of the season or the phrase of the season and so I think this season's plan was all around that, about compressing the play as much as you as you could and maintaining possession in their third, in the in the final third. That that's the way it seemed to be to me. But I agree, we look slow, we look lethargic when we're in possession. It's like okay, let's regroup. Where are we? Where are we going to look now? Pass it out to the right. Pass it out to the left. 
And then when, you know, the likes of Burnley, West Brom, when they win the ball, then they break with purpose. And you're like, oh, Christ, wasn't it great when we used to do that? <laughs> and and we just we just don't look like that now. So I agree. I do think it is, whether it's just them being tired and jaded, I, I actually think, you know, confidence. There's no question now we've, yeah. we've got a confidence problem that, yes. you know, like I say, when we were passing it around earlier, no one wanted to take it on unless there was a really big chance opportunity. And and I think that that is a problem. But again, I keep coming back to the same thing. It all it, it's been a ripple effect ever since you know Van Dyke went out. We've we've maintained that momentum. We've maintained that kind of culture of winning. Which which was great, and we were all thinking, ah, this is gonna go on forever. But you can't you can't keep up that. You know, essentially, we were running on empty. You know, we we were letting that momentum carry us forward. But you you still need quality players in those positions, and I still think ultimately, you know, whatever system we play, it's individual players playing within a system, and and I think you know you need to. You need to trust your players to solve problems on the pitch. And that's what this team has been brilliant at for two years now. They solve the problems on the pitch. The goals we used to score weren't straight off the training ground. You know, some of that interplay, it was just good players trusting each other, knowing each other's runs and being able to break down that defence. And at the minute, there's just too many players who don't have any confidence, too many players off form. I see a comment about Trent saying he played a little bit better. I'd have to agree he was a little bit better, but it's been a pretty low bar, to be honest. You know, some of the shooting, some of the decision-making, it's, it's all just a bit off. And again, started to look off. very, very tired towards the end, didn't he? I mean, misplaced passing again Yeah, and, towards and, the know, end. I say about the team selection, and for me, Nico Williams is not a player that's going to be... At the club, for a, he's not the long-term answer for right-back, but he's full of energy. And against a team that is going to be defending for the majority of the game, I, I think he's a viable option. So I don't know why that seems an easier choice to me than to say, well, let's play Shakiri and Thiago again. You know, because that worked last time. <laughs> it's, it seems a strange one for me. Interesting. So, Dave, what you're kind of saying there is, okay, they might be physically tired, they might be mentally tired, but also these players know that they could put in a shit shift because they know that their place won't be jeopardised because Klopp trusts them so much. Uh, I'm I'm not even sure about that. Well, I mean, Trent certainly looks like, I, I don't think, unless, you know, we've got three games a week. I, I think his place is pretty much solid. Uh, mm-hmm. We bought the Greek lad in, didn't we? But, you know, Robertson uh, is not under threat at all. I, 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 to be fair, I don't think Robertson's forms dip that much, as much yeah. as the rest. You know, but um, I, I think it's more just a confidence thing. And again, I just, I've got everything crossed, right? We're still in January. I don't want us to go out and buy a, you know, I don't want us to panic by, but surely, you know, there, there must be a plan to bring in someone. <laughs> and and even if it's just to give the rest of the squad a boost, I, I just, I, I, I'm stumped 
that we've let it go so long through January without bringing someone in. Yeah, the mind boggles. Harinda, I'm going to come to you and let's kind of talk about this game because <laughs> it's been awful. And, you know, uh, you, you've kind of spoke about, you know, some of the players and, you know, how tired and lethargic they've looked. So I'm going to, like, give you the floor here because I, I feel like there's just too much of, like, nonsense to talk about. I mean, the starting lineup, I think, you know, they've kind of touched on that, the fact that, you know, it was, you know, we're, we're all pretty much living the same day, right? It's Groundhog Day. And then, you know, Jurgen Klopp does like batshit crazy things. And, you know, I was quite shocked to see Divock Origi on, on that team sheet, you know, given the fact that, you know, his form hasn't been great. But he looked in certain parts where he wanted to get involved in the attack. It was almost like, I think it's Dave Hendrick who said on pods that he doesn't look like he enjoys football anymore. I've heard him many a times on AI Scouted and the post-match Raw. He doesn't look like he's enjoying his football. And today he looked like he wanted to be involved, but like that chance, man, that chance. That chance, I tell you what, reminded me of Dalton away. Similar kind of position, similar kind of play, and he's bearing down on goal. And I thought, you know what, low and hard, son, you got this. I'm probably one of the last few people who actually thought it would be used in the school, right? I think everybody else thought I was going to fluff it. <laughs> um, but I thought he would hit it low and hard. I genuinely did. So as soon as it went up, I was like, oh, fuck. Um, it's so exasperating, though. I think that's the right word now in regards to this. When the lineup was picked, you had all the positives in regards to the last time those three started together Mane, sorry, um, Shakiri, Mane. No, Everton. Ah. They scored as well. Mane scored, Shakiri scored, um, Origi scored in the Everton 5-2. And they scored did all that. In the, they scored three of them in the first half um, from recollection. But there's none of that today. He was, I mean, Shakiri did Shakiri things. He, te- he works well with Thiago. He works well with quick fluid passing. It's not... Um, dawdling, he's good with one touch good to get up, you know, change direction as well pretty quickly and pass the ball and get going, that's all great but then his battery dies, it literally you can just see the steam after the first half, you get about 10-15 minutes of the second half, you just see the change, like it just slows down because he's not played a fuck knows, he's not played 90 minutes for years <laughs> by the looks of things um, like I'm surprised he's played 90 minutes since his Stoke days, I can't remember if he's ever Stayed on the pitch for us from beginning to end. Somebody out there will know this, I'm sure. Um, but there ain't really any words for it when they're so tepid. There isn't. And I keep on trying to think to myself, all right, you know, what can I say here to seem intelligent about what's going on on the pitch and what they're doing? I can't because there's no intelligence in fucking involved, right? There isn't. There isn't a single thing you can say that says, here's the reason why they're being like this. And everyone can go, ah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Apart from saying they played fucking shit and shit things then happened. They didn't take their chances. They had a guilt-edged chance. Origi fucking blew it. Right. That's the first half gone. In the second half, they tried, they huffed, and they puffed. And they didn't blow any doors down. At all. Big Bad Wolf fucked up royally and... Like Red Riding Hood, Sudan Daisha walks away with three points. 
Sean Dyche never hoped for three points today. I, I, you can guarantee he probably thought, you know, survive, get a point. Three points, big bonus, massive bonus. I'm surprised he won't. I'd be surprised if he doesn't do a detour of the Burnley bus and go via West Brom to pick up a special gravy from uh, Fat Sam along the way, just to celebrate in a British manager's kind of thing. You know, I, I just my mind boggles today as to why Liverpool did what they did. It really does. I have no answer. I have no intelligent quip. I have no thinking that goes, "Ah, oh, this is the reason that this and the other." Nothing is apart from the fact that, you know, I've looked at today and gone, if you want to blow the league, this is how you're going to do it. The only saving grace that they've got is there's 57 points to play for. Remaining, give or take. 57. When you look at it like that, it's not so bad, right? 34 points, 57 to play for. Could do something. Could do a madness. But you are now hoping that they do that madness. And deep down inside, you're going, yeah, probably not. Mm. It probably won't. But you want to cling on to the 51%, but they might. Because it's kind of what we do, right? Look for the silver lining. But that's diminishing. And they're causing that diminish in people. They're causing that diminishing in me as well. And I'm usually the first one that goes, oh, no, 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 it's going to be, listen, it'll all be all right on the night. It's not all right on the night by a long shot. It's not. It's not all right on any night right now. No, it really isn't. And it's, it's sad that it's January and you, we're all sat here really, really deflated. It's like the first time that's happened in a very, very long time. But you give, give them a free pass because of this team. It's and what stubbornness, right? It's, it's stubbornness as well on their side. You know, they have their belief in their systems and their technology and everything else. I get that. I genuinely do. Because many organisations are exactly the same where they have a belief that they're, I'll talk about my own industry, they have a belief that their trading strategy is the one that's going to work. And they'll believe it, and they'll see that, and they'll prove it, they'll backtest it as well. They will backtest their theory in respect to, yep, this works. Yeah, then they'll correlate and regression in respect to the backtesting against where they are now, seeing things are working great, yep, all right, it's going to do it, it's going to do it, it's going to do it. And at some point, the experiment will turn around and go, it's not work, lads. Theoretically, it looked all good, not worked. What do you do? You turn to practical experience. And what does practical experience tell you? Change something in order to make it a bit more different. Because if you do the same thing again and again and again and again, expecting the same result and not getting it, then that's futile. So if they want to have exercises in futility, fucking carry on, Liverpool. Knock yourselves out, because that's all that's going to happen otherwise. You know? It'll be exercises of futility. For what? For what precisely? The risk is that you run out, you get out, knocked out of the top four, so there's no Champions League football unless you win it. Um, and what do you do then? Then it's too late. Then it's too late. The high hopes in defence. Uh, I mean, for fuck's sake, if they can't get a central defender that they want, go and get a defensive midfielder then. Get something that shields in front of Fabinho. Do something. Just stop thinking that it's going to be okay as it is. It's kind of showing you that it's not. 
And if their belief is that, okay, we only need to survive until Jota comes back, I'm all right with that a little bit. But then I'm not all right with that if the results carry on like this. Nobody would be because mm. everyone would be sitting there thinking, hang on, this is not right. This is not good. We are jeopardizing ourselves. We are choking ourselves, self-throttle. Mm. Why do it? Nobody wants to put their hand around their own neck. So don't do it. Absolutely. End well, rant. Yeah, yes, end rant. Um, Dave, I'm going to come to you. I want to get your thoughts. Um, I've got a little quote, um, a, tw- um, a, a message here from uh, Mar Chatterin in our live chat on Discord. Probably the closest club has ever come to publicly calling out the owners. Interesting. And there's a quote from Jurgen Klopp on Paul Gosty's um, uh, Twitter, Klopp on the transfer window. These decisions are not mine. I cannot decide if we do something. It is not something I am thinking about. This group can do better. That is what I am thinking about, 90%. Of what the boys did is still there, 10% is not. We work on that. I, I actually think that is a brilliant statement, to be quite honest. You know, he's calling the board out there, isn't he? So so he can defend himself if he's pulled in front of him. He, he can say, look, I've, I've said I'm going to work with what we've got. You know, we're still, we're not getting hammered. This has been a brilliant run. We have had it so easy, haven't we, <laughs> over the last couple of years. This has been a brilliant run, and, and this loss hurts. It really fucking hurts. And and the fact that it's on the end of this crap run where we can't score in a fucking brothel makes it feel even worse. And And also, against a shit team like Burnley, makes it feel worse again. But... You know, he's stating a fact there, by the sounds of it. You know, these decisions are not mine. So if he's if he's given the board, you know, these are the players that would suit our system, you know, go try and work your magic, you know, see what you can do. I'll focus on coaching the players here. So I agree, it's not... I don't think he's done anything like that before. It's certainly nowhere near the old Rafa fact speech, is it? But... You know, I I think fair play to him because something needs to fucking happen. I again, there is still a window of opportunity. We're still in January, mm. and I, I, for me, I hope this is a fucking rocket to them. You know, if they're thinking, well, you know, we're not losing games. You know, maybe just a bit of we've had some bad luck with injuries and we've had some bad luck with uh, referees' decisions. So we'll just carry on going as we are. No, it fucking it needs someone to come in, and I don't care if it's alone. Like I say, I want to see some specialist centre backs in there to free up Fabinho, so mm. we can see Fabinho back in that midfield. I I, I don't care if we have this world class centre back. Just give me a fucking centre back. I said in the past, I'd never want to see Lovren play for us again. You know what? I'd even fucking take Lovren back right now. <laughs> You know, because he's a gobshite. He's been going. He on is again. a gobshite, but he fucking it'll allow Fabinho to play in midfield. So, yeah, I I think fair play to Klopp. I, I've criticised him because I think again his mind is elsewhere on other things. I, I think concentrate on us. Don't give a shit what the likes of Chris Wilder and whether it's three subs or five subs. But no, I I think with that statement, fair play. Twelve what's, nights. What was Steve Clarke doing? Come on, gags. Come on, we can't have Lovren back. Yeah, I know. I, I got a bit excited there, Gag. Yeah, Sorry about that. No, it'd still be the same. At the end of the day, guys, this is a test for every fan, yeah? 
We've literally had two fucking amazing years of bantering mm-hmm. off everyone. Let's see how thick-skinned we are now and how we can laugh this off. It's all right. It's all right, man. We won the league. We won the Champions League. We're still in a chance of winning stuff this season. It's a bad run. It's the worst run in the history of the Premier League for Liverpool. But if anyone could turn it around, it's this team. Something's going to have to change. I thought today, I think you probably already talked about it. It was it was a crazy risk to start without, you know, the front line. At the end of the day, yeah. you play them in the form. You know, you play them into form and he's he's made a mistake there, Klopp. And it's very rare for us to say that, like, with a starting eleven. you know, the the fact that majority of this squad, that's the first time they lost at home is frightening, absolutely frightening. The first time they lost at home in the league. So, you know, there's, it's shit. It's shit. I didn't, I saw his interview just now. I didn't really enjoy it. Um, I didn't think, I didn't think we did enough. Really to win. I mean, Pope had a good game, but did we really create every single shot map? I mean, it's it's pathetic. It's an absolute pathetic shot map. Um, we did better to when the front three were all together again. We did better in terms of getting into the box and playing low crosses that Trent was doing, and they were getting better each time. But crossing is a major problem with this side right now. Mm-hmm. They are literally aimlessly just throwing it into the box. It is absolutely criminal. I mean, there were times and it wasn't just Trent, it was anyone was throwing it in when there's nobody in the box. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why are you doing that? What are you hoping to achieve from that cross? You're literally picking a needle in a haystack. Isn't it better just to keep the ball? Keep the ball, keep it calm. This is what we used to do with Virgin, the team. Everyone just kept the ball. We literally had the ball for four minutes, five minutes at a time. And then slowly you grind. You just grind and grind and grind. And they're not grinding. They are panicking. The team itself is not that calm team anymore. There's too much panic. Just lob it into the box. Anxiety and it's anxiety football. They look anxious. And it's so easy to defend, especially for Burnley and for West Brom and for teams like this in Man United. Because they've got Maguire's and shit like that in there. Slabheads to head it away. It's too easy. We're just falling into this trap. And if we're, you know, that's that's the crazy thing. I can't, there's no change. Don't see the difference in what we're doing in these five games. What's been the difference? You know, you've got technical world-class footballers on that pitch. And you're not doing the type of stuff you did against Chelsea where you just rip them apart. You know, yeah. you just literally cut them apart. None of that's happening. It's get it wide, cross it in, get it wide, cross it in. What? And then you, when your captain's playing, he's doing it. But even without the captain, we were doing it constantly. So it's not just down to him. It's everybody that is playing wide is just trying to throw these passes in. I've, just... I've, got, I've got a question for you. Brett's just come in. He goes, so no, because you spoke about Reg Van Dijk then being calm and, you know, controlling things. Brett's question to you is, no true leadership without Virgil van Dijk? I mean, there was a slump with Virgil in the team as well. So what would we say to that then, that Virgil isn't a good leader? You know, well, there were, we lost 7-2 with Virgil in the side. Was he not a good mentality monster? So at the end of the day, I don't think it's that. I think they've just lost their heads. Everybody has gone on a big panic, Dave. I don't think the squad has felt this before. This is the I real. I said time. that, yeah. 
This mm-hmm. is the real yep. test now then for all of them. They've got, they've got everything against them. Me. Yeah, everything's against them. Everything the Everything's against all yeah. of us. Nothing, yep. It doesn't feel like a way out of this mm-hmm. right now. I'll speak for all of us. We watch that and you think, what the fuck do we do next? Because we've literally got everyone playing. Matip was back. Fab was with him. And, you know, we had Thiago playing. And, you know, w- what's next? What's ne- I mean, we would have made a difference if we actually played the front three the whole game against this lot and tried. But what's next? He was actually resting Mo and and, and Bobby for Man United on the weekend. Are you fucking kidding me? But maybe that's the only trophy we're going to try and win this year. It doesn't, it just, does, like Matthias is saying, it doesn't feel like we, we tried everything. What's next? A totally different formation. Try that. What's next? Why is Taki, well, here's a couple of questions. Why is Taki not playing? Why has he not tried to, to give it a chance? Divok is playing over Taki. I know. What? You know, so the manager is definitely culpable for a lot of the stuff going on. And whether he's sending a message, I don't know, but... This do, you, is, um, do you think he sent um, uh, the owners like a shopping list, a wish list of players? And no, no, like... I don't think he's that type of manager. I think he tells Edwards the way it works. I need, I could do with this, this and this. This is the this is the gap we got, if you can do it. And then Edwards is like, we'll try, but we can't promise you because we ain't got no cash. And And that's where it ends, basically. Mm-hmm. And they try to go for something. If they don't get the deal they want, they, they, they pull out. Even though it's almost happening, they'll just pull out and say, nah, can't do it. So mm. at the end of the day, there's still, what, 10 days or so left? 12 we nights. have to see what happens. Is 12, there a... Is 12 there a, nights, including tonight. 12 nights. Yeah. Is there is there a twist to come? Um, I don't know, but... Tiny, I'm bored. Does it centre-back <laughs> fix this, though? Does it? Is Fab the difference totally? <laughs> I think we're all at a loss. All we can say when we analyse it is that there's a downward spiral of everything, right? In f- at the f- up front, whatever. There's a downward spiral, but nobody could actually answer why the fuck this has happened. Why has it happened? It's all intangible. It's all intangibles. There's no... What's the evidence? Why? What's the reason? It's so hard to explain. It's um, it's an unbelievable drop-off. But what you can say is the thing that I've been saying the whole way is that this season has just been a massive slog for everyone at the club. From start to finish, it's been a massive slog since that Everton game. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a bitch. But I'm not going to let it get me down. So. I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to let these things get me down. So I haven't come on here screaming and ranting. It's just asking questions. What, why, how? And you know what? This is also, I know it's fucking sadistic, but a fun part of being a fan is finding out what happens next to this club because we love it. And you're not going to stop sporting the club eye at the end of the day. We're just going to keep asking questions and see where we go next. So... Try and have an open mind about it. You know, try if you think is, if you're thinking you're down and you don't, I really don't want people to have mental health issues at home because of mm-hmm. Liverpool Football Club because it's dangerous. And, you know, I hope you guys can try and be strong through this because it's a shit time in terms of the pandemic, especially, you know, in England where we're locked down. 
And if you are locked down elsewhere, obviously you guys as well, but try and not, you know, let yourselves get too down. We've had a great run, a fucking brilliant run. We can't fucking cave over the first hurdle where we're having a bad, bad slump. We've got to just be a bit stronger than that, yeah? That's yeah, all. I just, I just to come on and yeah. be a bit therapeutic for people. Because you know what? Yeah. There were some people who whinged them on, Liverpool supporters, who whinged them on about last season, saying, oh, we wanted to win it on the last day of the season. You know what? We might still I, do it. You know <laughs> what? No, no, no. Sad fact. You might get your wish, but I've got fucking grey in the hair, you assholes. I don't like this. I like things wrapped up before my birthday. <laughs> I hate this. I know. Don't, don't, don't. Matthias is in the group saying he's worn down, but don't let it happen. You gotta take, look, we dished out some fucking proper dirt last year, man, on every single club. And, um, you know, we gotta learn to take some of it and, and we've gotta still into, you know, that's what that gets you down mostly. And then, and, and they'll no, bounce yeah. back. They'll bounce back. Don't worry. It's gonna happen. Judge, it's you just... come on here all yeah. Apollo Creed like in Rocky Three. <laughs> yeah. So, Absolutely. you know, they're running down the beach. Cool, great. So, <laughs> if we're running down the beach, how are you making Rocky faster and better? Because we're running down the beach, we're still running in sand. How do we make Literally. it better? I, I, I honestly think they need, a, they need to just wipe the board and they need to introspect a little bit in terms of the crossing for one and say, look, boys, you've got to keep that ball and you've got to make use of the players you've got that can play really good football especially when you've got someone like Thiago in your team, people can say all they want about we've not won with Thiago in the team, right? But have we actually fucking used him properly? No, we fucking haven't. It's bullshit. Stop using stupid things. Because at the end of the day, you put him in the fulcrum in there. Exactly. Play Ginny as the fucking six instead. Let him go a bit forward. Play on the edge of the box. Then you'll start seeing the one-twos. Then you'll start seeing... People running off the ball. It's it's simple little things that we're doing that is just not right. I just think we just need to all. I think I think there is panic, Baji. There's literal panic. You know what? You know what they the all need to do. They need the to defense. all sit down. They all need to sit down. They need to have a meeting with the manager. They all need to sit down, and I think they all need to discuss their fears and just be open about it. I think they need to have a talk about this. I feel like they need to air what is concerning them, what is bothering them, what is their fear on that pitch, and address it. You know you know what needs to happen? Somebody needs to get a good cross. Like a Trent needs to find someone in the box, and it goes in, and it'll just turn the whole fucking thing round because they'll just jump on him, and that would be it. You know, it would just be like, right, everything's going our way now. It doesn't help that VAR is really, really shit. And we get literally what, no decisions. It, it doesn't help oh, at all. It's disgusting. It's absolutely. Well, we can't it's, rely on that. We no, can't. can't. We, we, we said, we said all along, don't let VAR become a factor in your games. If you keep the games tight like we do, then VAR's a massive factor and it's going to affect your game. <laughs> he just said a Ted Lasso trash can fire. Yes, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I'm actually liking the, the Rocky 3 thing that Harinda said there. So Rocky had a massive confidence blow, didn't he? He was taken out by Club mm. Lang and his confidence was rocked. He went back to basics. He started That's it. working on his footwork and everything. There was a moment at the end there when Trent just had to pass make a five yard pass to Robertson and, and passed it straight oh. out. And and you just like pass. 
at the end, the tacky yeah. pass, it was putting oh. into his feet, man. You're world class, and he overhits it. Tacky yeah. made one of those runs we we're talking about. Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I'll stop. I'll shut up. Or Baji asked the question. Go back to but keep the ball. Keep the ball. Stop panicking. And you know what? Things will happen. Things they, will were happen. <laughs> <laughs> they were They were bums. Can I just say though, let's I don't want to see Adrian. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I said, no. Rocky three. No. no, I don't no. want to see Adrian. Boobach. <laughs> Oh, dear. Can you imagine Boobach and Adrian Beanie hat? <laughs> I mean, guys, is there, is there anything else you kind of want to talk about? Because um, we are live recording. I'm in a different room because my internet was a bit off. I'm on 37% battery on my laptop. You'll be fine, really... 37 bloody percent. 37%? For fuck's sake, why are you worrying about 37%? If it was 3%, then all right. No, no, no. It's, it. No, basically, that's my hint saying I want to go to bed. <laughs> oh, have you, got, have you got panic with your laptop? Do you need to have a meeting with it? I do. We're going to have it. We're going to talk and share our feelings. My fear is when you hit 30%, I start freaking out. You need to stop doing this to me. I no, think... no, seriously, let's talk about this game and let's talk about, let's, let's tie it up. I think Gags touched on something. So Dave, I'm going to come to you. He, he goes, we can't rely on, you know, on the bad decisions and things. And again, you know, same shit, different day. We did see some, you know, absolute clangers. And um, I want to get your thoughts on, um, you know, there was, there was an incident with the, the Fabinho at halftime, the kick out of the leg. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I honestly thought the way things have been going with us, I, I thought, you know what, he's going to send him off here. It was such an innocuous little thing. And then the Fabinho way Burnley... was scary more the way he was going on at the ref as well. It's like, please just walk away because yeah. I don't trust these refs. <laughs> yeah, I... I... I, I try not to occupy my mind with it, but it does feel like a conspiracy, especially when you see that nonsense offside yesterday with Man City. I, I, again, I'm just thinking I, I have no idea what offside is anymore. But um, yeah, and there was a handball. Well, it looked to me like a handball. Commentators didn't really give it a second thought. and Pieta's uh, guy, you know, yeah. Apparently it hit his, uh, hit his stomach first or something. Uh, Joe Gomez-esque. Yeah, exactly. You're looking back at the Gomez one against Newcastle, and you're like, well, how is that? Fuck so we just seem to have been royally stiffed by VAR. And you, you, we haven't been playing well, but if some of those decisions had gone for us, I think you know the confidence would be higher. We wouldn't be dithering over so many things. We wouldn't be looking to take the easy cross because we've just got... No idea. We don't see any good options on at all. I, I do think we need to push that to the back of our minds because we can't ultimately do anything about that. What we can do is try and, you know, make those simple passes, do the basics right. Yes. And hopefully, you know, we'll get a goal, you know, whether it's off someone's backside or shoulder or whatever, you know, we'll break this this run of not scoring. And I think immediately the confidence will, you know, will elevate from where it is now. But the the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, I, I, we've been on this brilliant run. We've been unbeaten for so long now. We've been beat now. Okay, brilliant. Let's get that out of the way. Don't done just now. now. Yeah. Let's go on our next run and, and focus on that. I love that. What about you, Havinda? What did you make of the penalty? 
given the fact that Mane was attacked. I don't know what to make of the penalty, to be honest. I just sit there and think, didn't Verge get done like that against Alisson? I can't remember which match it was. Um, but it was last season or the season before. Where it's a bit of a backwards towards Alisson or it doesn't quite go his way and it leads to a penalty. And that's kind of the way that I saw this one. As soon as it happened, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, you're not getting to that. And lo and behold, he didn't get to that. going to get nothing else. Sorry, guys. That bad noise there is something that I realise is leaking in my house. Hence, I've had to take care yeah, of that. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you clarified that. I did think yes, you were making a toilet no, break. It's a no, no, it's a water dispenser. <laughs> I was only suddenly thought, oh, shit, you know what? I don't need a flood happening here. And I was like, my God. Um, sorry, now that I've rescued the mini flood situation, I'll carry on. I think the penalty is bollocks. We, we again... Choking ourselves, throttling Some ourselves. Some good part night, didn't it? It's like, yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you want to hit the self-destruct button, please press here. Yes, yeah. <laughs> It's like, dude. Oh, there we go. But yeah, I, I, what, what do you say, Dina, man? Like, genuinely, they, they got the penalty, they scored, fucked it. It's our own fault. Mm. So no, no deeper analysis involved or anything like that. What happened before? It's just simply that you can't say it was because of that person, this person, that person. Collectively, fucked up, bang. Give give Sean Dyche three points and a reason to go and visit Sefat Sam. Yeah, I I think that's fair, guys. Is there anything else you want to talk about the game? I mean, Dave Harinda, final say on the game. Anything? Closure. Get it off your chest. No, I just want to emphasize what Harinda's saying there. It just when he boots the ball out of touch, there is no way he's getting to that fucking ball. So I don't care if Allison's mm. touched him. I we've seen other instances like that where that is not a penalty and it's just just stiffed again. So but like I say, it, it's behind us now. Nothing we can do about it. I just hope for the squad this is that bit of a kick up the backside more so then if it was just another nil-nil draw, then, you know, again, we could write it off this narrative that, you know, well, we just need to have the rub of the green or whatever. So, again, I'm, I'm trying to look at it as a positive. It's another defeat now. Let's fucking make sure from the from this coming weekend, let, let's go at United. I don't really care about this cup competition, the FA Cup, but, you know, it's still a United game, so... Just focused on that now. I think that's fair. What about you, Harinda? Any final thoughts before we do plugs? I'm not doing a man of the match, by the way, guys. <laughs> you know, one really to pick, right? Um, <laughs> final thoughts? Literally. Yeah, you just blow out air. Mm. Deep sigh. Yeah. Really, really deep sigh. And and hope that, you know what, that they sort their shit out. I'm a bit sick and tired of the players coming out with their own rhetoric and, you know, we'll go again. Not the, not the result we wanted. No shit. <laughs> no fucking shit. It's not the result we wanted either. Welcome to our lands. Um, so, I don't, you know, I, I, I'd love you know to what? see that. You know. I've got a positive. Flipping when that whole situation happened, Fabinho and Matip decides to drop squat in front of the player that went down. 
Oh, what are you doing? I, I, I think he was trying to. I, yeah, I think he was trying to imitate either a dive. I thought it was the wrong time to be. It's not the call for prayer. So you're definitely not going to pray there. Like you know the way that you're doing his hand actions. Um, I don't know. No context. Joel Matip is going to have a field day on that one if he hasn't yeah. already. Um, <laughs> but then we're we're busy being no context Liverpool. Yeah. True. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's hope. You know, we we turn that corner now. And yes, we don't want stupid tweets. We don't want lip service. We want action, Red. So come on, three points, a goal to start with. Let's crawl before we can walk. Let's just nip it in the bud. There's still plenty of time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. A massive thank you to all our callers. A massive thank you to all you that guys that listened live and helped us along the show. We really appreciate it. Huge thank you to both Harinda and Dave. But before I let them go, we'll get some plugs. I will come to Dave first. Dave, where can people find you on Twitter and your work? So you can get me on Raging Base UK on Twitter. Tweet about all kinds of things as well as football. Tweet about uh, Comics in Motion podcasts where we talk about all kinds of comic book movies. And we've got almost a show coming out every day there. Also, the VHS Strikes Back. And soon to be coming on the Anfield Index, there will be. Let me do the boom, 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 boom. (laughs) So it's going to be a new show (laughs) called Where We Once Watched. And this is where myself and my co host Ben, we're going to go back and look at some great matches and just fucking indulge in some real football. This one don't make the cut. (laughs) Where there's no VAR or anything like that. So. We've already got a couple of episodes in the bag, so we tackle the uh, 1988 Forest 5-0 demolition. Mm. And then episode two will be the three-all against United, which was 94, where we were 3-0 down. Um, and Clough got a couple there. So, And then we'll probably tackle, uh, I'm thinking something like the 2001 FA Cup. So this is just pure mm. indulgence. And, and we're going to go through that in real time. And it, it's good as well to, to just go back and see how football's changed and kind of yeah. reminisce about, about those things. And like I say, it, it, honestly, already it's just been brilliant to go back and watch some real football. I can imagine. I mean, the game I fell in love with Liverpool was the 4-3 against Newcastle and they were showing it on TV, the full game, when we first went into lockdown in March. And I could not believe, first of all, I love the retro kits, but what I couldn't believe was the fact that the ref just let the game go. It was, you know, it was flowing, tackles were flying in and I was like, Oh my God, that would have been blown. Yeah, so that, that, this part is going to be epic. And, you know, we're not going to talk about, you know, I don't think Burnley, the Burnley game makes the cup, but please do tune into that. It's going to be excellent. And we wish you the best of luck with that. And Harinda, where can people find you on Twitter? And is there anything you'd like to plug? Sure. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Harinda1977. So that's me, my year of birth, Harinda1977. Sometimes footballs, sometimes nothing to do with football and faith and politics. So if you follow me, I'll follow you back usually. So I can see that there's common interest. Um, otherwise, don't be too upset if you don't see all the things you wanted to see. However, however, for a plug, I have a fucking belter because we haven't had this happen in such a long time. I suspect it's going to happen very soon. I want to plug the fluff piece that hasn't come out yet from Liverpool. It'll be all over Twitter, all over Instagram and be on their website to help us forget about this result because that's what they used to do in the old days. 
when we wish when we had a bad day in the office, <laughs> a, a fluff piece would come out to try and make everything better again. Yeah, with unicorns and everything. So there you go. I'm plugging that for Liverpool FC. I love even, that. We're Before they even do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfection in anticipation. <laughs> I love it. Right, guys. So keep an eye on that fluff piece. It'll make you feel better. You'll get the warm, fuzzy feelings. Um, for my part, just thank you so much for listening. Um, and just to echo what Gag said, you know, don't don't let it affect you too much. Um, you know, that's all I can say. You know, the whole, you know, we've waited 30 years for a league. We've been massively disappointed. And, you know, with this team has given us some joy. And maybe, you know, we've had a bit of the smooth and it's to take a bit of the rough again. But the, the good times will come again. You just got to believe them. But it's just such a strange time. And I guess I am mentally and physically exhausted by watching all this. But I, I know this these 11 players and when they're all good they do have the quality so guys just stick in there look after yourselves until next time take care and up the reds Podcast Network.